My name is uh, Tom Nyarunda. I come to you from uh, Ijatown Castle Church in town. It's adjacent to the Ijatown Castle. So anytime you are in that part of this town, you're welcome to fellowship with us. I was invited to come and speak. And I believe that uh, everyone who came this morning came to listen. True or false? True or false? I came to speak and you came to do what? To listen. So it is my prayer that none of you will finish before I finish speaking. Amen? Yeah, that happens a lot. That happens a lot to preachers and uh, public speakers that uh, many a times the audience could finish listening before the speaker does. And uh, I am told that, um, oh, I remember why that happens. I'm told that one Sabbath morning, a preacher came to church, but uh, he had a big elastoplast somewhere on his cheek. And because that was not usual, and uh, members of the congregation were wondering what could have happened, he decided to explain before he spoke. And he told them, church, this morning, as I was shaving, my mind was taken away and I was thinking about my sermon. I ended up cutting my cheek. And so he went on to preach and he spoke and spoke and spoke. When he finished speaking, you know, before COVID, there was the habit of shaking hands outside there. And so, as he was shaking hands with members of his church, one of the young men slipped a note into his pocket. So, the preacher thought it was a message of congratulations for the nice sermon. So, when he got home, the message was simple. Pastor... When you come back next Sabbath, think about your salmon, think about your cheek, sorry, and cut the salmon. <laughs> so I hope that doesn't happen. But um, <laughs> my, my wife always reminds me that a good salmon should be equal, should be the size of the skirt of a lady. Long enough to cover the subject, but short enough to keep the interest. Amen? <laughs> two men, two bowls, and two towels. Let us pray.
Father in heaven, the hour has come for you to speak to all of us. Please come down and minister to our hearts, for we pray in Jesus' name. I once read a story about a lady and a gentleman, the man Jamin Washington and the lady Michelle Stevens would meet three times every month for what they called a gratitude lunch. Now the story says that Washington simply described Michelle as a simple friend. So one time when they met, you know, over a group lunch, she overheard Michelle lamenting that for 11 months she had been on the waiting list for a kidney donation. And so as she kept waiting, she would go through the expensive and the painful dialysis every once a week. And Michelle would say how she would experience joint pains, come, you know, chronic fatigue, and blackouts every now and again. Now Washington was touched by Michelle's suffering. And so he volunteered, and thankfully, they were compatible, and uh, he ended up donating one of his kidneys to the lady. And so, as a show of gratitude, they would meet three times every week and have their gratitude lunch. Now, any of us, any one of us who is old enough to have had a relationship with persons not only of their families, but persons they are friends with, with and whatsoever, you all know how important meals are, especially when relationships are concerned. Talk about dating. Talk about whatever relationship. Talk about functions. You know, when people meet, there is always a sort of a meal that they are going to share. And so, in your church this morning, there is a fellowship meal that some of us are going to share. And I wish if all of us would share in that fellowship meal. Why? Because it is a gratitude meal of sorts. Many years ago, when I just started dating, I invited a girl for that kind of meal. And we went to this big restaurant, you know, in Nairobi. And so she ordered a big meal. <laughs> and the big meal, of course, came with a large bill. Unfortunately, she didn't even take 10% of that meal. And I ended up paying for it. Thankfully, it was the first and last date. Why? Because the meal was not appreciated. 
Perhaps we need to ask ourselves this question. If you are friends with Christ, if you are friends with Jesus this morning, are you going to share in the fellowship meal? Now the message this morning is a you know it is about a story in the Bible. It is to a story about two men in the Bible and the things happened in the span of one week. I will invite all of us to read with me in the book of John chapter 13. In the book of John chapter 13, I am going to read beginning verse 1 up to 5. Now, if you forget everything else that I'm going to say, I want to remind you that we are going to compare two men, Jesus and Pilate. How both men, both men had a bowel each and they had a towel each. How they used their bowels and the towels is what, is, is what we are going to compare and pick a few lessons out of there that I believe are going to help us in our journey as we wait for our Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 13, verse 1 to 5, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, and that he should depart out of this world to the Father, having, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. And during supper, verse 2, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray him, verse 3, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, rose up from supper and laid aside his garments and taking a towel, he guarded himself about. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he had guarded himself. I want to believe that uh, we have read this story now and again, and especially on Sabbaths like this one. But if you look at this, the incident deeper, I will want you to recognize one thing. I will want you to realize that in addition to the record of what had taken place, when I look at this incident, I see a parable of some sort. I see Jesus showing his disciples. I see Jesus showing the church what he had come to do into the world. Ladies and gentlemen, in the five verses that we have read, I see the plan of salvation summarized in those five verses. I see the incarnation summarized in those five verses. 
in the interest of time. The Bible says, the first thing that I see, the Bible says that when they got into the, you know, when, when they had gathered for that supper, that number one, Jesus rose from the supper. They were going on with a fellowship meal. They were going on with their meal and then Jesus rose up from the supper. Now this to me reminds me it is what Jesus had done previously. He was in heaven. He was in heaven. If there is any comfort in heaven, he was enjoying it. But Jesus, looking at you and I, after Adam and Eve had taken us into the world of sin, Jesus, number one, rose from his throne of glory. He left the comfort of his throne and rose up from there and came down to join us in the world of sin. Number two, after Jesus had risen, he laid aside his garment. He removed the beautiful cloth that he was putting on. Now Paul tells us that Jesus, after leaving heaven, he laid aside his glory. He laid aside his godliness and decided to put on the humanity. That is the second thing that Jesus did in the incarnation. He did not come to act as God, even though he had the ability, he had the power. When he came on earth, he did not come to become, to, you know, to continue being God, but he lowered himself to the lowest that he can be. Many of us, I don't know what example I can give, but many of us, probably, let me, let me talk about my house. In my house, we hate cockroaches. It doesn't matter what we do. We do all the fumigation, but one, every once in a while, they come back again. Now, if I were probably, I would compare myself turning myself into a cockroach so that probably I can be down there. This probably gives you, you know, a, a faint picture of what Christ must have done. You know, he came down, left his godliness, and became a man. And so he tied himself with that towel, you know. He tied with, with that towel. Then what did, did he do? He poured, number three, he poured water out, you know, into that basin and he began to wash the feet of the disciples. Now, ordinarily, this was meant to be the work of a servant. This was meant to be the work of a slave. And so, by pouring water into the basin, I want to compare that with what Christ did on Calvary. He poured his own blood even unto death so that the human race could be cleansed of sin and unrighteousness and every kind of guilt and slavery. So picture him doing exactly that. Number four. Then he began to wash the feet of the disciples. So what does Christ do? He does not just die on the cross. If we, 
if we accept, if we give our lives over to him, what does he do? He ensures that we are cleansed. That we are cleansed and we are guilt-free. And then finally, and then finally, he resumed his place at the table. So eventually, eventually, when all this will have taken place, now Christ, like the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 3, that when he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. That a time is coming. He has gone back to the Father. But a time is coming when he will take all of us to sit with him in majesty. In those five verses, my brothers and sisters, is a summary that Christ was showing his disciples. Is You know, it is a picture story that he was given to his disciples of exactly what he did. If you have never understood the incarnation, if you have never understood the plan of salvation, it is summarized in those verses in the book of John chapter 13. Now, at least a week before that had taken place, only a week before, you will remember that Jesus had been in the house of Simon the leper for dinner. You will also remember that while they were having dinner, a lady known as Mary brought an expensive perfume that she broke and poured on the feet of Jesus and wiped them with her hair. A few of the disciples complained and they got angry that Mary was wasting that expensive perfume. But Jesus told them she was just preparing him for his burial. The following day, which should have been a Monday, I believe that Jesus rides into Jerusalem. The people lined the streets and they sang praises and they called him the Messiah. The following day, you know, remember that Jesus found a fig tree that had not borne any fruit and he cast that tree. Then on Tuesday, he was in the temple and the, you know, the, 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 the Pharisees tried to trick him. It did not work. It was during that time that a widow brought a small offering and Jesus commended that widow. Then the same night, Judas had gone to the Pharisees and sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, which is equivalent to $20 today. Come Wednesday, Jesus and his disciples spent the day in Bethany. The following day, which was a Thursday, he ate Passover with his, with his, with his disciples. And it was during that meal that we have read about the book of, in the book of John chapter 13 that he rose up and he began to wash the feet of his disciples. You will remember that during that exercise, as he washed the feet of the disciples, he did not just wash 
the feet of his closest friends, John and James. Even though they were closest to him, he went on and washed the feet of Judas. Now Jesus already knew that this guy had already pocketed his $20, but he still went on and washed the feet of, Ju of Judas. Jesus already knew that Peter was going to deny him three times. But he went on on the same night. He knew this guy was going even to swear that he has never seen this man, Jesus. But he still went on. He still went on and washed the feet of, 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 of Peter. And he washed their feet, my brothers and my sisters. He took a bowl for every one of them. He took water and he took a towel and he began to wash their feet. You are not talking about a servant. You are talking about the Most High. You are talking about the begotten Son of God who was taking the place of a slave, who was taking the place of a servant, kneeling down before you and washing their dirty feet. Perhaps it would have been easier today because today we put on closed shoes, we put on socks if we are men, but those times those guys lived in a desert country and so the feet must have been dirty and dusty. What lesson was Jesus teaching here? Now Jesus was telling his disciples that in the world you are living in, in the world that we live in, we must learn to serve one another. We must learn to be there for one another. We must learn to be there for each other. We must learn to be there to go beyond what a fellowship, what a joy divine, singing and listening to music, singing and listening to sermons. We must go beyond that and touch another person's life. That is what Jesus was teaching his disciples. You know very well what happened Almost immediately after Jesus had washed their feet. You remember that immediately after he had, they had had the supper, they went to the garden of Gethsemane and Jesus went to pray. Now Jesus had the burden of the world on his shoulders. Now Jesus was hurting and so he took John and James and another and he told them, guys, you stay here and pray with me for a little while and he went deeper into the garden. But you and I know, immediately after Jesus went over, they fell asleep. And when Jesus came back, he asked them, guys, you cannot keep watch with me even for an hour, even for a moment. Not once, not twice, but three times. He would go and every time he came back, the guys were asleep. The man whose feet he had just washed, they forgot him. And so my brother, my sister, if you assist them and they forget about it, it did not begin with you. But like, just like Jesus, we do not stop 
helping the person we could simply because they did not show gratitude. We do not help, stop helping any other person because the last person you assisted did not show any gratitude. Like Jesus, we must do it once, twice, thrice, and as many times as we can because that is our responsibility. Hallelujah. He took a bowl. He took the towel and he took the water. He washed their feet. Now Jesus took their beatings. He took their cross. He took their pain and he died for us. You would think it would be a simple thing for him to do. Too often, Jesus would come back and find them asleep. Are we not the same as the disciples? How many, how many times have we forgotten where God found us? How many times do we forget that if it were not for Christ, we probably would not have been here today? Jesus did all this that was meant to be the work of a servant in order to teach them a lesson. After Jesus had been arrested, the next morning, which was Friday, they brought him before Pilate, who was the governor of Galilee. But Pilate, even after trying Jesus, discovered this guy was not a criminal. And because he was afraid of making a decision, he was afraid of using his power as a governor to set Jesus free, he decided to send him to Herod. You will remember that Jesus was taken to Herod, and Herod still found that he did not have any crime. He brought him back to Pilate, and Pilate now was faced with a dilemma of whether to release Jesus or crucify him as the people wanted. Now Pilate thought he had gone, he had found a way out of the dilemma. He very quickly remembered that there was a custom among the Jews that during the Passover time, they would release at least one person. And so Pilate Thinking he had found a way out of the dilemma, he brought the greatest criminal of the time by the name of Barabbas, and who was a murderer and a thief. And he thought that surely the people were going to choose Jesus over Barabbas. But you remember the story that the dilemma did not come to an end, but they shouted, crucify that man, Jesus. Now, the second man, with his bowl and towel, what did he do? In Matthew chapter 27, beginning verse 19 to 24. Matthew 27, verse 19 to 24. The Bible says, And while he was sitting on the judgment seat, 
His wife sent him, sent to him a message saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man. For last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes to ask for Barabbas and to put Jesus to death. But Pilate, the governor, answered and said, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And, and he said, Why? What evil has he done? And they kept shouting all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that a riot was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the multitude, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See that to yourselves. Two men, two bowls, and two towels. The first man, Jesus. What purpose, for what purpose did he use his bowl and water and his towel? He washed the feet of the disciples. He was serving others. He was teaching them a lesson that we ought to serve one another. What about the second man? He also took a bowl and water and a towel. What was he doing with his? He was serving himself. He washed his own hands. He was trying to save himself. And by the way, if you compare the two basins, the two bowls, it is most likely that the one that Jesus used was an ordinary one made of aluminum. But Pilate, because he was in a palace, he probably was using an expensive one. But unfortunately, he used it for his own selfish needs. He wanted to satisfy the multitudes. And, and that is why he released Barabbas. He released Barabbas for them and delivered Jesus to be crucified. Now Pilate wanted to satisfy the crowd. He wanted to please the crowd. He wanted to save the, you know, you know, you know to, to, to serve the, he wanted to please the people, but Jesus wanted to serve the crowd. He wanted to save the crowd. Two men, two bowls, and two towels, but they all served completely different purposes. And this is what is happening in the world today. It is exactly what is happening in the church today. You are either represented by the first bowl and towel or the second one. By either the one of Jesus or the one of Pilate. 
Now Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says, For am I now seeking the favor of man or of God or am I striving to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. And our, our key text for this day was Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 to 7 which said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. For there are two bowels and two towels for you to choose this morning, my brother and my sister, which one is going to be yours. The first one is the bowl that Jesus used. It is filled with compassion. It is filled with forgiveness. Serving others. Doing the will of God. And the result is overflowing with living water. The second one is that one of Pilate. It is filled with apathy. It is filled with cowardice, self-serving, selfishness, doing the will of man. And the result is stagnant water. Which bowl do you choose, my brother and my sister? Now the bowl of Jesus is a lesson in humility. The bowl of Jesus is a lesson in forgiveness. When Peter wanted to avoid it, when Peter thought that I cannot do with this, now Jesus reminded him, you do not understand what I'm doing right now, and if you do not allow me to do this to you, you have no fellowship with me, Peter. Now that is the bowl of forgiveness. It is the bowl of the righteousness that comes from God. It is the bowel that says, I cannot save myself. I cannot forgive my own sins. It can only be done by Christ Jesus. Pilate on the other side washed his own hands. There are people whose religion is like Pilate. It is a religion that is full of pride and full of self. A religion that says, I have arrived. A religion that says, I have made it. I can do it on my own. And so some people will wash themselves up instead of letting Christ wash them. Do not be like Pilate who believed that he could cleanse himself, who believed that he could wash himself, but otherwise, but, 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 but the truth of the matter was that by washing his own hands, Pilate was actually trying to run away from responsibility. He was running away from responsibility. He was trying to hide from his cowardice because it is because of cowardice that he did not do that which he would have done as the governor. Now this morning, I present before you, I present before you the two men, their two bowls 
and there are two towels. Which one are you going to choose today? Which of these two governs your life? Is, that, is it the one of Jesus? Is it this one where it is about serving others, about self-sacrifice, about accepting the gift of Christ, about forgiveness, about accepting the forgiveness of Christ? Or is it the ball that Pilate presents of self-righteousness, of thinking and knowing that I have made it, that I know so much that I can make it on my own? It doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or where you have come from. At the end of time, when Christ comes again, our lives are going to be summarized in terms of the two bowls, two towels, and these two men. You will either be represented by Christ or by the other side, which is that one of Pilate, this morning, this morning, there is someone in our midst who is in the verge of giving up, who believes that they have gone too far, who thinks that they have gone beyond the forgiveness of Christ. And that is why, and that is why, for so long, they have not been able to participate in the Holy Communion. Because they believe they do not deserve it. Like Peter, they want to tell Christ, I cannot allow you to wash me. That one young man or young woman who is here, who, like Peter, is giving up, is saying, I can't because I have gone too deep. Christ is saying, if you don't allow me to do it for you, you have no fellowship with me. I want to encourage that one person. Do not be, do not run away from Christ. I want to encourage that one young man or young woman. Do not be like Pilate and try to save yourself by washing your own, your own hands. Surrender to Christ. You can never go too far. Christ has always followed you. You only need to make an about turn. It doesn't matter how far you have gone because Christ was always following you. As I conclude, I am reminded about that story, the common story of the prodigal son. I know all of us know it. But then, I am wondering whether you have ever flipped the coin and looked at the other son. The younger son got lost. He got his money. He went to town. He wasted his money with women, with songs, and whatever, you name it, whatever it was. He did it out there. 
Then he came to his senses and he told himself, I will go back to my father. He even wrote a speech of what he was going to tell him. But the Bible says, while he was still far off, his father saw him and his father ran. When he got home, the elder son, the good son in quotes, was not in the house. And when he came, he called a servant and asked, what celebration is that I'm hearing? And he was told what had happened. And you remember he complained. The sad part of that story that many of us have missed out. Did the elder son attend the party? Did he go into the party? He got lost. While where? Inside. While at home. He never went to the world. But he was lost while still in the house. And so when the celebration began, he decided to remain outside. You have been in church for all this time. Please, let's be like the younger son, the prodigal son, who recognized that the fellowship meal, that the Holy Communion is a gratitude meal. Is a small way of saying to Christ, I want to remind myself of how far you brought me, of where I have come from, and how far I am still going. And that is why Christ, you know, Paul says that for as long as you celebrate this, you announce the death of Christ until he comes. So, brothers and sisters, as we conclude, two men's, two bowls, and two towels. Which one, which one are you going to take? May God bless you.